Hello, Guru Fateh. Welcome to the Sikhcast. My name is Manpreet Singh. We are back with the Shabbat of the Week. And with me, I have Inikar. Inikar, thank you for being here. Guru Fateh. Guru Fateh Manpreet to you and to our listeners. It's wonderful to be back again. Our Shabbat of the Week is titled, First Allah Created Light, All Beings Are of Creation. Inikar, please take it away. Thank you, Manpreet. So this Shabad is by Bhagat Kabirji in Rag Parbati. It is on Ang on page 1349 of the Guru Granth Sahib. First, Allah created light. All beings are of creation. The entire universe was created from one light. Who's good? Who's bad? O people, O brother, doubt not, forget not. Creator, creation, creator within creation, totally permeating all spaces. Reflect, Rahau. Created, creator created many forms from one clay. Flawless is the clay pot. Flawless is the potter. Within all is the same eternal one. All things occur because of the one. Call that person the Banda who recognizes Hukam and knows the one. Allah is imperceptible, cannot be perceived. Guru granted Sweet, jaggery perception. Kabir says, My doubt destroyed, seeing immaculate everywhere. So this Shabd of Bhagat Kabirji is very famous and quoted everywhere, just about everywhere. And I too have quoted it at various interfaith events. But I have a confession. I don't think I got the depth and the beauty of this Shabd until I began the transcreation process. So here Bhagat Kabirji is addressing a very human state of mind, I feel. Is it this or is it that? Is Allah, God, Vaheguru, Ikyunkar here or there? And why do we feel that? Because people are distracted by doubt. Therefore, we get divided on what and where is this being and how do we address it? So the answer to this quandary is and confusion is in the Rahau, in the central message. This is the revelation. Here, um, I feel Bhagat Kabirji is revealing to the people Don't doubt and don't forget that the Creator created creation and is within creation and is therefore in every space, pervading everywhere. Now let's just pause here because this is the Rahal and it requires a little bit more understanding. So the Creator is pervading everywhere. So then the question becomes, what is sacred and non-sacred space? There is none. 
for the Creator is everywhere. It's very, very enlightening. It's very vast what Bhagat Kabirji is saying. And then, you know, he goes on to further. There's another revelation. Creator created everyone. Then who can we call good or bad? For everyone is created from the one light. So pausing here again. So this entire theory of high caste and low caste just gets thrown out of the window right here. Yes, we say people are good or bad. It's because of their ignorance. But they are created from the one light. It is their ignorance and their actions that takes them away from recognizing that one light and believing in that one light. But they are created equal. And then I absolutely love this next revelation. From the one clay, the creator created many forms. And if that's not exquisite enough, there is more. Flawless is the clay pot, and flawless is the potter. Here the creator is being referred to as the potter. So in in other words, the potter, the divine, has created a flawless clay pot. So human beings are flawless. The onus is therefore on us. Why don't we experience our intrinsic, flawless nature? Because we don't recognize our divinity. We don't recognize and believe that we have the Jyotun within us and that we are created by that light. So in the next stanza, Bhagat Kabirji says that the same eternal one is in all. Think about how huge this is when he said it. And even now, that the one that is in all is the same. So there are no differences of caste, color, creed, nationality, gender. Everything just gets wiped out. In essence, we are one. Because the same eternal one is in all. We have the same light. This is so liberating and so humbling as well. Just think about it. I mean, we're talking about human beings, but the same thing happens in the plant life and in the mineral life. Everywhere. And in the animal. We all have that same joke. We are one. So this whole egotistic thing about, you know, I am better, I am superior... If you just stand in the countryside and close your eyes and think that the one, the energy that has created me and is in me is also in that blade of grass, it's also in that ant crawling, it's also in the sun, it's also, you know, the energy in this, in this entire universe. It is absolutely um the vastness you experience and the humility at the same time. That's the essence of this, what I'm getting. Because when I went through this exercise, not exercise, it was something that happened to me. And it was a very humbling experience for me to see that the ant and I were one. And I've never forgotten that experience. And then I went back and studied about the ant. And, you know, well, that's another story, another time. 
let's get back to the Shabbat. So, and then it is, he says, Kabirji further says, that everything that happens and occurs is because of the one. So this is that hukam. And those who recognize this as hukam, those who recognize that everything that is in creation is happening in a divine order, in a divine will, this reality, this state of reality for those individuals, those individuals who possess this state of reality, this mindset, are called bandhas, divine's own, because they have recognized the divine. They have recognized the divine order, the divine will, and therefore they are the bandhas of the divine. And next, Bhagatji says that the divine is invisible and cannot be seen which is where all the doubts come in. Because if we cannot see something, how do we know it's there? So how do we rise above these doubts? And therefore he reveals it. He says, Guru gave me this sweet, this gourd-like jaggery, which we've kept, you know, the sweet is that gourd, that, uh, like perception. I got this perception, this understanding, this sweet, sweet perception from Guru, which enabled me to see the one everywhere. And therefore, that destroyed my doubts. So what, in essence, Bhagat Kabirji is revealing in the Shabbat is this is only one. And that everything begins with and from the one. And until you don't experience or perceive the divine, your doubts will always remain. But he also gives us this answer. How does one experience the imperceptible? It is only through Guru. Guru gives us the perception. Then this perception is being called sweet. Sweetness is tangible. This tangible sweetness enables us to experience the invisible, the imperceptible, because it becomes a real experience. And when you experience something real, only then your doubts vanish. But you know, to experience sweetness, we need, there needs to be longing. And then there's an effort. And I'm always, you know, when I think about longing and effort, there is something which I read a long time back, always comes to mind, that grace is always there. Effort and grace are like two wings on a bird. Grace is always there, but the bird can't fly, finds it difficult to fly with just grace. But when the bird makes the effort, she flies. So both go hand in hand, the effort. Because unless the effort is not made, you don't feel the grace. So this absolutely very famous, often sung, Shabd of Bhagat Kabirji was a true light, joy to be with. I learned so much, you know, especially the part when that sweet jaggery perception, because sweetness comes repeatedly 
at in the Guru Granth Sahib. There's a sweetness. Rasna experienced the sweetness. There's a sweetness. And here again, and I found that, you know, it touched me deeply that here Bhagat Kabirji is saying the same thing. Because sweetness you can taste. You feel, you taste it. And when you taste something, you know it's real. So those are my um, thoughts on this Shabbat, my very limited understanding of this exquisite, exquisite Shabbat. Thank you for sharing that with us. I like what you said about effort and grace. I'm sure it was in Kabirji's times because it's definitely in the times now. A lot of people uh, won't do anything, or I've heard people as, Especially in Pun- speaking in Punjabi or you know or whatever, uh, saying uh, you know or uh, when the you know basically when I'm graced, the things will happen. What do you? How do we get them to realize that what Kabirji is saying here too is, you know, once you recognize and uh, who you are, and then you put the effort towards it, that grace will come. But a lot of people just think the grace will magically, you know, strike them like lightning. But even if it did strike them like lightning, they wouldn't know. The grace is just the fact that you're breathing, that the breath that is going in you, you don't know whether it's going to come out or not. That is grace, that you are even living. It's grace every moment that the sun is shining. It's how you... um, Tune yourself to that thought. And it's awareness. It is, um, it is how do you feel the grace? That is the question, really, which I feel you're asking. How does one feel the grace? One feels the grace only when one looks at the larger picture, that there is a purpose to life, that what am I here to do? Is this it? Or is that, you know, when those questions start to come in? And can I do something larger than this? And what my life is about? Why did I come into this world? Grace is just the idea of the thought that you were upside down in your mother's womb for nine months. And then you were created. That is grace. That's the magic. And now that you are here, that you are a joke, what are you going to do about it? Grace is looking at the birth of your child. That is grace. To be recognized. Grace is a a flower budding in your garden. That is grace. It's how you begin to look at life. Because the fl- we could be passing by and looking at all the wonderful things that are there and we can take the birth of the child and a wedding and everything, all the good things that happen as just like matter of fact. Or we can live in awe of everything, of saying this is really spectacular and I am grace. I think I will talk about grace and surrender probably in my next podcast. Because this comes over repeated you know, many people have asked me, how do you experience grace? How do you know you've been graced? I said, because I feel it. 
I know what I was before. I know now. I live in this moment of just gratitude. And grace is living in gratitude. It is being actually grateful for this breath. Because this breath is enabling you to experience so much. And it's a miracle. You don't control it. You've been graced by it. So does this correlate? So does this correlate with hookum too? Yes, hook. No, grace. Hookum is when you are aware that there is a divine order, and you are in that there is something larger than your life. Uh, that you are, that something, there are events or there is something else that is in motion and you are there to play the best part of it, but you don't control the events and you don't uh, control the outcome. You put in your best effort and the rest you leave. So there's no attachment to it. And that is that letting go of you are not the doer. It's not about you. It's not about that ego. But keep in mind, effort must be there, the 100% effort. But you don't know whether that tree will bear the fruit. You plant the seed. You nurture it. You look after it. But whether you will get the fruit or not, you don't know. There could be a storm that comes and the tree gets cracked. That is divine will. And not being upset and not blaming anyone for that storm. That is that hukam, you believe, that you have done your best now. It is hukam whether the fruit is there or not. But even if you believe that, but not getting upset about it, that's the key. That is accepting that hukam and being content with that hukam. While having made that effort, that's a very hard stage to come to. Because when that happened, you said, I have worked so hard and look, nothing has happened. Because you're still thinking, it's you. I've worked so hard on my child, raising her or him, and look what they have become. Because we are attached to the child. We have done our best, but the fruit, the child has to do what they have to do. That's their destiny. We cannot be attached to that. All we can is let go. That hukum is that believing in that. Effort must be there. And then just that letting go of the results. We do not control the results. It's a very difficult. It's, it's not very difficult. It is a stage which requires a lot of, um, a lot of strength within because we are so bound to um, results. Does that help? It definitely does. Thank you for explaining that. So any final thoughts before we let you go? Well, I've, we've kept Allah as, um, you know, because that's the word used in Arabic for God. So we've kept that um, as, as Allah because it's a word which we cannot just say God. There are certain words we'd like to keep, you know, in the native language, and this was one of them. And then same thing about banda, because if we say 
call that person the Bandha divine zone, it really doesn't explain what it means because everyone belongs to the divine. But this is a different thing. This is that Bandha is when the divine says, you are mine, or that's that feeling that, you know, the ownership is there. Um, so that's the, you know, the two two words. And of course, hukam we know. We have defined that, the divine order, divine will as that. Well, Inikar, thank you for being with us. Thank you for explaining this Shabbat, which I have been hearing as long as I can remember. Appreciate your time. To everyone listening, if they want to read this Shabbat, uh, listen to it in the rag it's supposed to be in. Please log on to org and you can see all our Shabbos of the week there. Anikar, once again, thank you very much for being on our podcast. Thank you, Manpreet and Guru Fateh to all of you.